lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged uh, David, how are you? Great. All right. Well, this is a topic that you like, actually, and you are more of an expert than I am. What I like. Wow. You, well, you told me you liked it. Don't lie now. <laughs> it's a necessary uh, part of uh, crypto. Yes. Well, well, you just gave it away. But we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk a little more. Actually, you know, what happened is that we had... Um, you know that there's YouTube titles, right? So most of the time, by the time someone clicks on this... They already know what we're going to talk about. No, so this is I'm not giving anything this is away. live on tape. Yeah, that's actually, you know, that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. When I go to a YouTube video and it's like they already have the title of I know what it is. Yeah. And they spend two minutes in the beginning, like telling me what the video is going to be about. It's like, I fucking know what the video is about. I clicked on it. Okay. I saw the title. So just get into the damn content. See that they missed this intro that you just did. So you're telling me to just skip the intro? What about people? Yeah, that I'm just, saying, I'm saying, you, I'm fine if with a 10 second like, hey guys, this is what we're doing today. But when people are like, and I'm sure people are relating right now, like, hey guys, get into the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now we're guilty of it. Now I have to, now I'm forced but, to have a nice topic and a nice title because we're like two minutes into a podcast that we haven't even discussed the topic. I'm sure people can relate when people are like, explaining for two minutes what the topic is. Well, the title is. is the headline. We're giving a little more of uh, the subtitle. Okay. Crypto security. Crypto security is, is and diversification. Topic. But before that, uh, I just realized, you know, we, we went outside before and we have a beautiful day in Phoenix and, you know, I don't even know what the rest of the country looks like. But uh, out of curiosity, I googled how many days it rained in Phoenix in 2020, last year. Mm-hmm. You want to take a guess? Um, 35. <laughs> Not even close. How many? 15. No. 15 days. 15 okay. days. Maybe. Oh, last year was a little dry to, for our standards, which is pretty dry to begin with. But seriously, in 2020, Phoenix, okay, I'm not saying Arizona or anything, Phoenix, Sky Harbor Airport, which is where you measure the precipitation stuff. There were 15 days of measurable rain in 2020, okay? The average for Phoenix is more like close to 30, like 28, okay. 30. That's the average. Last year was very dry. And the average for the country, for the U.S., is about 115. Basically, one every three days in the country is raining. Of course, you go to Seattle and it's like raining every day. Stupid. Yeah, I know. That's a stupid calculation. Well, I know. It's just the average for the country. Well, I know. I know it's different. But my point is that we only have 15 days of rain in Phoenix. No wonder when it rains here, it's like a big event. Like it's in the news everywhere, like it's snow or some kind of stuff. So if you like the sun, you should come here. Yeah, yeah. The sun, so the sun. Both. Yeah, okay. All right, well, now we get to the topic for real. So you can fast forward. You fast forward in about five minutes. They already just stopped watching the video. They said, were are we talking about rain? Right. Anyways, yeah. Uh, No, so the topic is crypto security and uh, diversification based on security as well. So uh, this is because we were talking about crypto and different allocation of assets and everything. Uh, you know, back in the days, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a few uh, podcasts specifically for crypto crypto and NFTs and so forth. And now I actually have gotten a few questions from listeners and friends. Um, <clears throat> you know, this, this podcast is broadcast to entire world. So we, we have listeners from all over the place. I actually see people in Thailand listening to us. Um, anyway, so so I got questions about okay, what? How do I diversify 
first of all, is a topic of security, you know, because obviously all this is crypto online and everything else. And then how do I diversify my assets or my crypto so that it's on a, not so much on the diversification of assets like you do with the stock market or stock holdings, but also diversification based on security to make sure that, you know, something happens, you're protected. So that's the main topic. So I wanted to um, start with the basics. Um, from the moment a person buys or decides to buy some crypto, some token, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, or stable coins or whatever, they go to an exchange, which is the way you do it, as we explained before. So you have your bank account, normal bank account, and then you connect it to a crypto exchange, whether it's uh, Coinbase, Binance, or any of the multiple ones, um, Gemini, whatever. And then you transfer funds, just like you would do with your uh, brokerage account or whatever stock holding account or shares or anything. And then you decide to buy. So after that, your money, your crypto is, well, both the money, the fiat currency, and your crypto, whatever you buy, is with the exchange. So what happens after that? And what is basically the better option as far as what you do? Question number one is, okay, so now I converted, let's say, $5,000 or whatever in savings into, I bought Ethereum or, or a, a fraction of Bitcoin or something, a tenth of a Bitcoin based on today's prices. So what do I do with that? Do I leave it with exchange? Do I move it to a wallet? What kind of, sort of wallets? And, and, you know, so we're going to evolve or what to do with that. So let's start with the, uh, with the money when you have it with the current exchange. So what is your recommendation as far as um, what to do when the money is there? Move it. Move it. Okay. No, that's the question. I mean, because the exchanges obviously are public exchanges and they are subject to possible hacks as has happened in the past. So uh, there's, I think now there are less risks involved than when they started many years ago. Uh, many years, I mean, like, you know, I'm talking like five, six, seven years ago, you start seeing that they were easier to hack. Now the exchanges obviously are taking more precautionary me uh, measures to make sure that they don't get hacked. But still, there is a risk. Every time you have, I mean, JPM and Bank of America, whatever, have different kind of hacks, different levels where they don't steal money, but they steal databases and things like that, as we've seen. So it's not far-fetched to think that these exchanges can also be hacked and then either grab the keys or whatever, they can basically move the funds. So uh, so the first thing is to not move... Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. So if, right. if you keep your money on an exchange... It's, I mean, it's basically like you don't own the Bitcoin, you know? Right. You, you basically are giving it the exchange is, doesn't, but yeah, exactly. You don't have the keys, which is the key. Really, it's like the key to your house. If you don't have the keys to your house, you don't own your house. You don't have your house. Right. So with the crypto, it's the, it's the same thing. You have this encryption key or the key to your coins, which basically you're handing off to the exchange and giving them trust in them. They become your trustee to say, okay, you're going to hold my crypto there. So... Number one recommendation is move it out of the exchange as soon as you can or as soon as it's available to a wallet, right? Yeah, I mean, there's basically like different levels of uh, the best to the worst. Mm -hmm. The worst is basically keeping it on an exchange. The only reason to keep your money on an exchange, your cryptocurrency, is if you're trading or doing right. things like that, right? If you're obviously, if you're trading actively, then you need to keep money there. But if you're just basically buying for investment to hold, uh, yeah, I would not keep it on an exchange. I would keep it in, in the best option is what we call cold storage, which is uh, a, a hardware wallet uh, that's a physical thing that you own. And that's the most secure version. 
Um, right. And that is what uh, basically pretty much everybody who is serious does. Everybody who's serious and owns a decent amount of cryptocurrency uses a hardware wallet or multiple, depending on how much money. All right. They so have. before we jump into that, let me let me jump in for a second because you just mentioned cold um, cold storage. Cold storage that. It's kind of like the the metaphor that I basically there's different types of wallets, right? So there's the hot ones and the cold ones. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of have that fork in the road to explain. Okay, you have you have the, the exchange here, which is how you basically exchange and trade. If you're a trader, you want to have your mm -hmm. your your currency there, so you can say, okay, I'm going to trade Bitcoin for stablecoin or Ethereum or back to dollars, whatever you want. You're trading, so you need to have the money at the exchange, and that's fine. But if you are basically, like you said, a, a saver, investor, whatever, you want to hold it, then you want to move it out of exchange and own your own keys and transfer it to a wallet, which could be cold or hot. And that's basically what we I wanted to separate. The, uh, we're we're going to discuss both the, uh, the hot wallet and the cold wallet and what are the pros and cons of each of those um, and why sometimes it's better to combine them to, to have both. Yeah, yeah. You need both because... Uh, the the hot wallet so to speak which is like an app a wallet app um just lets you do a lot of things that you can't do with a cold storage wallet uh, and it's just for convenience but the negative side is that and it's not so much the app's fault most of the time it's actually like the the phone carrier company's fault um so basically most of these apps, right, you download, you can go in the app store, you can find, like, depending on what you want, right, like, there's MetaMask is a big one for um, uh, Ethereum. I've been, there's a new one called Rainbow uh, that's great, and I, and I use it for everything Ethereum. Exodus, um, Jax, um, a lot of them. I mean, there's tons of yeah. different wallets. But my favorite these days, I mean, MetaMask I use, and then also... Um, uh, uh, I don't store anything in, in, in MetaMask, but I use it for some things uh, as like a through point. Right. Uh, and then Rainbow is good because they have a good, I love their UI for uh, collectibles and NFTs and uh, they make it very easy to swap, uh, use Uniswap and other. Right. But anyways, another thing is that not all the wallets manage all the all the currencies, all the tokens. Right. Rainbow is an Ethereum wallet. Right. Um, so everything I do with Ethereum, I, I use mostly Rainbow. But anyways, um, uh, you use these different wallets for uh, utility, right? So, like, if you're trying to get into NFTs, which is hot these days, uh, a hot wallet is basically unnecess unnecessary to basically right. transact with all these things. Um, but as far as, like, cold storage and, and long-term storage where it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to touch this. I'm just basically, it's like a savings account. Uh, the, the, the cold storage is the best option. Uh, but yeah, you need both just because it, it's like the bank vault is, is your cold storage, right? It's like the, the thing that's locked away behind uh, 10 different security measures and mm -hmm. is not easy to get access to. And then the hot wallet is like your safety deposit box type of thing. Uh, yes, that would be the, the, best the hot wallet, the main thing. And, and the, main, the main reason the hot wallets are vulnerable is because they're on an app, right? And so most of them will let you use uh, like two-factor authentication, things like that. But the problem is that like Verizon or AT&T or these carriers, they don't have great security. So someone can hack your phone number and get access. And that's the way a lot of people get hacked. Not just that. I mean, some of them are obviously phone-based apps. Some others are desktop uh, web-based apps. And um, yeah, basically they are 
online. The way, the way a lot of people get hacked. They're online wallets, which are basically like anything else online. They're subject to be hacked. Yeah, the way a lot of people get hacked is through uh, basically the, the phone number getting hacked mm -hmm. or some other way. And then someone gets access to your phone, and then through that, they can get into your, your wallets on your phone. So that's why I wouldn't keep anything... Basically, it's, it's, it's like use what you need on the hot wallets like if you're like oh i want to buy like example like again with like ethereum like if you're like oh i want to buy this nft okay then move some ethereum to your hot wallet mm -hmm. and then basically get your nft or do whatever you want and then that's it and then just but keep the majority of your money over here it's like a checking and a savings back in the day it's like right keep the majority of money in your savings if you need to access your savings you can you transfer you can it to your daily checking account yeah but for and, the and most the reason, part you keep it in the check and really to to give a, even a, a better analogy is, is the same thing i mean we're talking wallets obviously these are all crypto wallets or and, online wallets and, or whatever and let me preface it depends how much money you right have to right obviously. right like i'm not i don't have i'm not a crypto whale so i don't have fucking hundreds of millions of dollars in cryptocurrency so these people have different levels of security different level like yeah so but, but the big whales will have like a bunch of wallets and a bunch of diversified security Obviously, right and that's another topic but i mean to me when it comes to security i mean for for a wealthy person maybe being hacked of a hundred thousand dollars is 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 bad you know but for a person that is saving and decides, you know what, instead of putting my money into a savings account that these days is giving me zero interest, I'm gonna put it into, I'm gonna put some money into crypto that apparently is growing better and it's riskier, whatever, you know, but you make that decision. But even if you get hacked of a thousand dollars worth of crypto, it's, it's a lot of money for that particular person. So on the security side, I think, I think it's good to look at this regardless of how much money you have. Obviously diversification and security is always a factor so but i start understand what you're saying that you know a wallet is a wallet it's not different than a physical wallet that you have in your in your pocket you don't have all your money in your wallet you basically have money in the bank in savings in checking whatever and then you have some cash in your wallet that you use for whatever you use daily but you don't put all your money in your wallet so right this wallet now happens to be not physical but it's on the internet or an app or something that is not tangible that you can touch so the hot wallet, the, the advantage is that they are free. All of them are free. And basically you can um, just basically use them anytime and you download the app and they're free and they have different fees for usage and things like that. But for the most part, you don't pay money for them. Um, the, um, but the, the handicap is that for the mere fact that they are connected to the internet, they are more, or phones and everything that you explain, they are more um, subject to possible hacks or being you know, stolen or something. The cold wallet is the hardware one, which basically uh, we're gonna get into those, but those basically is like a little USB type drive and there's companies like Ledger or Trezor or some others that create these that are very secure. And then you move your money to a physical wallet, which in this case is like a drive itself. And you, the, the most advanced thing you can do is get a node, but that's way too complicated for the average person and it can be expensive but yeah the, the hardware wallet is well, exactly you're just touching one of the points because one of the disadvantages of the hardware wallet is that obviously they cost money and they could cost anywhere between 60 80 to 200 dollars or something and that's for each of them so you would diversify and put the money into different hardware wallets so that you have you know like again like a physical wallet you say okay i'm gonna have this wallet with i this would money. think about it as insurance insurance like, right basically exactly 
Okay, if you have a Bitcoin, which is at this point worth 60 grand, it's worth to buy the $100 wallet. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever, you know. Now, yeah, if you have 500 bucks of Bitcoin, yeah. would I buy a $100 no, not wallet? At that level. No, probably not. Not honestly. at that level, but exactly. No. That's, a good, that's a good way to think about it. If it's like insurance saying, do I pay 100 bucks to buy a physical device that is going to protect my $60,000 investment? More likely, it's a one-time expense. It's not like you pay, it's not a monthly fee or anything. It's just buying the hardware. So, yeah, now... The other factor, and this is something that I also, when I talk to some of our friends and colleagues, they say, well, I mean, I lose everything. I lose USB drives. I lose things. I lose stuff all the time. So I'm afraid that now I'm going to put my money into this wallet, into this well, thing. Well, you lose things. Like, I, I think that's kind of a stupid argument because... Uh, for some people, it's kind of critical. I mean, they, they're afraid they're going to misplace it or something. You lose things that are... Listen, I don't know. If you have $100,000 on a fucking drive and you lose it, you deserve to lose it, okay? Because I don't know how you lose that thing, okay? I don't know how you, how you don't basically put a tremendous amount of thought into what uh, and you're, and like, yeah, I lose things too, okay? I, I'll misplace a pair of keys or something. Well, that's the thing. Okay. But I mean, not that often, but like, I'll misplace my wallet okay because i have twenty dollars in cash in it but trust me if i had a hundred thousand dollars in my wallet i ain't losing it okay <laughs> i'll tell you that right now so i don't know how people lose these things well i mean you may misplace them and then i mean now you could put now the big argument is like it's a physical thing so like if you're fucking house burns down and it's in your house right. somewhere. Or, or you whatever. jump in the pool and you hide in your pocket, whatever, things like that. I mean, why would you have your wallet in your pocket? Well, it's not a phone. You don't need to carry it around with you. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like owning like okay, a Well, gold. some people actually have it in their keychain. No. I don't know who does that. Well, it's like a fucking USB drive. Idiots would do that. Well, that's like, that's like walking around. Who would do that? Well, you are on the go and you are constantly trading with crypto and buying things and all that stuff and you are traveling Who's, somewhere okay let's say that you travel i mean seriously this is a, this is a, the, the conversation if you if you have money in your hardware wallet okay instead of on the on the actual uh, online or hot wallet and then you're traveling or something and you expect to be traveling and making some transactions on crypto and then you travel with your laptop and everything and then you say okay i'm going to take my wallet with me my crypt my hardware like my cold wallet and then you travel and you say, okay, now I'm going to connect it. I'm going to transfer some money. I I'm going to buy this. That. That. Whatever money you need, put it onto a hot wallet and then use that. Do not move. But you don't know how much money you're going to need, depending on what you're going to buy. Uh, you have an idea. Okay. I mean. So, okay. So you put in a hardware wallet and then you put in a vault or a yeah, safe deposit box much. or something. Or hide it somewhere or whatever. But yeah. you, don't, you only touch it to move funds from your... Again, from your exchange yeah. or whatever to there. It's like saying like, oh yeah, everywhere I go, I need to bring a million dollar briefcase with me. Like, well, why? Why would you need to do that? I'm not saying a million dollar briefcase, but if uh, I'm talking about people that are saving like 10,000, 20,000, whatever. Yeah, what do you need 20 grand for when you're traveling? Well, I mean, if you find an opportunity to buy something, are you going to move it? So you wouldn't take it with you everywhere? No, you think it's safer stupid. leaving it behind you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's fucking stupid. That's like saying, everywhere I go, I got to bring my gold bar with me. What the some, fuck would you need that for? Some people travel with a lot of money, dude. No. Yeah. First of all, you can't even travel with that much money. Like, if you do cash, you can only bring 10 well, grand with you. Well, that's a good point, because you can only come to the... When you go through customs, they tell you, do you have any more than $10,000 cash? 
and that's the customs form. So now you have your wallet. In theory, you have that kind of money in your wallet. And they say, yeah, but I, I had it before I left, and now I'm coming back with it. So they're going to start checking for wallets or something. Anyways, okay, so so you don't move your wallet. You, you store your wallet, okay, and you don't lose yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right, so, so let me back up a little bit because we kind of deviated into this wallet conversation. Yeah, you're, like, giving me these fucking stupid hypotheticals of, like, what if I need to go somewhere with a hundred grand on me? Like, why do you need to go somewhere with a hundred grand on you? Well, I wouldn't be the first one that you can find on the, you know, like, you can look for cases where people lost their keys for their Bitcoin. Yeah, and they, okay, you can stuff. always find morons, okay? I can find people who do a lot of stupid things on the internet, okay? That doesn't mean it's normal. All right. So, okay. So let me back up a little bit again. So, so, so we, uh, back to the wallet situation. So we have the, the wallets, which is where you put your money in this case is crypto. And then you, you go with exchange, you move it to your wallet and then think of your hardware wallet as like a gold bar. Okay. Imagine you have a gold bar. All right. Store it like it's a fucking gold I bar with gold bars hanging from my neck. Okay. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need money, then you can take what you need. That's like saying like, like imagine you have a savings account and every time you, it's hard to make this good and good analogy, but it's like every time you need money, you're like, well, I'm just going to move all the money from my savings account to my checking. It's like, why? Just take what you need. Why do you need all your savings? You're like, you're like, I'm going to travel. So I'm just going to cash out my whole 401k. And uh, it's like, why would you do no, that? But Who does that? No, but if all my money is there, if I'm traveling to a country and I know I'm going to buy why are you bringing all your a money piece of with art, you? a famous NFT, but I don't know exactly how much it costs. First of all, you don't need to. This is the digital world, my friend. You don't need to cross borders with your hardware wallet. Like, you don't need to do these things. That is a point. I don't need to travel to buy the NFT. No, you don't need to travel to buy the NFT. You can just buy it online. Dude. Okay. All right. So let me back up again. Um, so so uh, let's let's keep the safety in mind aside from the anecdotal you know jokes and stuff. But uh, so you have your hot wallet and you have your hardware cold wallets that are not connected. So the advantage of one is obviously the the, the hot ones are free and there's tons of offers. Some wallets do not offer. In fact, I don't think any wallet offers all the tokens. So you have to look at what you are investing in or what you have to make sure most of them offer, obviously, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Some of them are Ethereum only because of the protocol. Um, but um, so, you know, so you have wallets for certain types of tokens on like, uh, like I said, Ethereum, Bitcoin, DAI, whatever you want to buy. And then um, my second question is, let's say that you are a... Um, what is it, this expression, the maximalist, or like is the person that swears on this by Bitcoin as being the only true um, uh, cryptocurrency, basically. And you start adding funding or adding money or uh, investing in Bitcoin, and before you know it, you have a size, you know, a good amount of Bitcoin for your standards as far as your savings. And you say, okay, so I have all this money and it's all Bitcoin, and I have it on this, a little bit on this hot wallet for my daily whatever transactions and then I have mostly the hardware wallet. At what point do you diversify between wallets? Like saying, okay, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket or my money in one wallet. This this kind of reminds me of like the banks. The banks have a limited yeah, FDIC I mean, it's, insurance. It's like everything. I mean, you know, that's kind of up to you to decide. I mean, if you're like, hey, I, want, I don't want to have, I mean, if you're like, oh, I have 50 Bitcoin, 
I don't know, maybe get 10 wallets and put five on each or something. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of up to you to decide. But is that something Obviously, that you only have... I mean, first of all, the thing is, if you're going to get multiple wallets, then you need multiple places to put those wallets. So it gets to a point where, you know... Now, a lot of... It depends. How much money are we talking? Well, about? whatever is a good amount for the, the for the person in question. I mean, uh, uh, it, it all is. I mean, if you have ten percent, some really ten percent of your net worth, whatever the net worth is, or twenty percent of your net worth. Yeah, but that's a big difference. I mean, right? Okay, let's say that you hundred million dollars, or let's not, not net worth, but savings. Let's say that a person. I mean, everybody says, okay, you need a million dollars to retire or something safely or whatever amount is percentage of your income, salary, whatever. But let's say that your money, your goal for retirement, whatever that goal is, and you diversify your term funding and you have stocks and shares and 401ks and all that stuff and savings and cash, and then you have some crypto. And then that crypto, you know, adds up to whatever, 20% of your retirement savings. Let's say that is $200,000, okay? okay? Or, so like or, or a Bitcoin. quarter million or something. So forget the number of Bitcoin because, I mean, Bitcoin could be 60,000 today, it could be 70,000 tomorrow, it could be 40,000 the yeah, day I mean, after. I but, mean, I, but it's uh, whatever you're comfortable with. Right. So, so but at what point you feel like, like if you put money in a bank, the bank is telling you up front, hey, we're only insuring $250,000 of your account. So you put a million dollars, we love you, welcome, we take your money, we're going to make money on your money. But if something goes bad and we basically fall tomorrow, there's a recession, whatever happens to the bank, the FDIC insurance will only pay you back 250. Right. So then people that are wealthy say, okay, well, I'm going to diversify. I'm going to put 250 in this bank, 250 in this other bank, all that stuff. And that works. Right. Up until, I mean, depends how rich you are. If you have a hundred million dollars, you just got to take the risk. You're not going to have fucking. But I'm talking about accounts. the average person. So if, you, if you're working in your retirement and you get into your, you know, five, 10 years from retirement and you start saying, okay, now I need to be a little more conservative. I'm going to have more cash, less stocks, more bonds, whatever, you know. And then you say, now my crypto, do I want to diversify? Is it better? Is it a good strategy to say, okay, I'm going to put, maybe get, maybe get two hardware wallets and put it in different places. Maybe even one is in a safety deposit box and say, okay. I wouldn't put it in a safety deposit box. Right, exactly. That's the point. That you wouldn't put it there, even though it's supposed to be called safe deposit box for a yeah, reason. Yeah, but banks can take whatever's in there. If you put your shit in a, it's no different than anything else. If you put gold in a safe deposit box, they'll just, they can take it. Like it's, well, why would they take it? There's a lot of different reasons they can take it, but it's not yours. Especially with crypto, if they were to one day do like a regulation and yeah. they say, "Oh, you're not allowed to own crypto," they'll go right in there and they'll take your fucking wallet. Okay, so I would well, not put it. They cannot break into box. it because it's basically. Protected. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Well, it's no different than a bank account. Like the government can come and seize all the money in your bank account tomorrow. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, obviously, yeah. You are. But what I'm saying is that they cannot break into the actual wallet. As far they can take the physical wallet, but they cannot get the funds because there's more support. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, what that's I'm saying. Different, but um, so, but anyways, that's an extreme case. Let's say that everything is legal, whatever. What do you put a safe in your house, or do you put it in your drawer, I mean, or whatever? These are all things people have to decide with their own security. Right, but my point is, do they? Is it advisable to diversify? I think so. I mean, I think on yeah, a certain I level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You, everybody has their own thresholds. Right. To me, say to me, per, is the, is the, uh, per per hundred thousand dollars, I want to have a different wallet. Right. To me, so, it's basically thinking, am I going to sleep well at night knowing that I put all this money into this little thing? that i don't know uh yeah again i mean it's like every it's like listen a lot of people keep like a lot of people keep cash in their house 
uh, like maybe not under the mattress. That's like the cliche, but there's people who like, well, yeah, a lot of people. literally, I mean, they have like a hidden compartment and oh, there's a hundred grand in there in cash or whatever, or gold bars. Or, I mean, people or a safe or some, some people like safes. Some people say, well, I don't want a safe because then the robber knows where to go. These are all things people have to decide for themselves. But yeah, I mean, if you have, if you have whatever, like you said, 200,000 of Bitcoin, I mean, yeah, maybe you say I want two wallets, so I have 100,000 in each. So if I lose one, at least I still have the other. I don't know. That's up to you. I mean, these are things people have to decide. You okay. Know? I mean, okay. Depends on your level of paranoia, too. Some people uh, keep a gun in their uh, bedside drawers. Well, I'm not talking also so much on people's mentality. I'm talking on the practical way. How safe are these? I mean, we know. Depends where you live, too. No, no, no. But yeah, obviously. But uh, I mean, uh, hardware fails too. So sure. I mean, there's backups for the for yeah. The, I mean, it's like everything. Would I put all my eggs in one basket? No. Right. No. I have multiple wallets. I don't keep everything in one wallet, and I don't even have that much. Well, that's my like, that's my I'm thing. So so there's different ways to keep security on the on the token side and security on the hardware side on the wallet side. Which one is on the token side, you want to diversify basically your tokens, that's fine. If you are a maximalist and you say, no, I only believe in Bitcoin, that's fine too. But so then that's the decision at the token level. And then at the wallet level, you may decide, okay, well, I'm going to stay with wallets because I don't want to lose a hardware or something. Okay, well, I'm going to put something in, I'm going to save it in I two mean, or three you wallets. You can also use a custodian if you want. Well, that's to. my next point. Um, but the problem with that is then it's just. It's a centralized thing. It kind of negates the point of the decentralized. Right. So let's uh, explain. Uh, that was going to be my next point. Uh, at, the, at a higher level, I think a lot of very wealthy individuals prefer to use a custodian because even though it's not decentralized, it also is more like, okay, it's like giving your money to your broker, manager, or financial. Uh, if you're, it depends. If you're super wealthy. Uh, or you're famous um, to where you're like a target. Yeah. Uh, custodian can make sense. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's still different than like, you know, lots of famous people have to have security guards, you know, and it's like, yeah, is it fun to have dudes walking around with you everywhere you go? Probably not. But, you know, some people, you know, if you're uh, Kim Kardashian, it's like, well, hey, you know, you got to do it. Right. But I'm trying to stay away from the extreme cases of wealth or whatever. I'm just trying to, to stay well, to the average say, person. I mean, the custodian is, is most people use custodians is because they're either pretty wealthy or they're famous or both or whatever. I mean, that's most people who use custodians. Uh, OK, so that's my, my question. It's not the person that says like if you're like if I was like one of these uh, like pomps. Or, or like famous people in Bitcoin or whatever, who's always talking about Bitcoin and openly says, oh yeah, I have, people know that I'm a multimillionaire. And then I say, oh, I have 90% of my wealth in Bitcoin. So anybody who's a thief says, mm, okay, so that person probably has uh, $10 million worth of Bitcoin in wallets and I can go rob him. I would probably consider using custodian because I don't want to be robbed. Right, which basically means you're really literally handing the keys to your to your assets, in this case crypto, to yeah. to a custodian, which is going to manage it for you. But then obviously you have nothing, yeah. which is is not different than what you do with your stocks or your 401k or whatever. Yeah. You have a custodian, which is your brokerage account or your your company plan, whatever, managing your stocks. And then whenever you need them, you need it. But in the meantime, you don't touch it. You don't do anything. They they manage everything for you. The, the only other option that I don't recommend because it's the same reason because it's not decentralized is the uh, Bitcoin like ETFs 
like uh, grayscale is right. the biggest one. That is purely if you are looking for uh, exposure as an investment, mm -hmm. but don't really care about owning Bitcoin. I think that's not smart, but um, but it makes sense, I guess, if you're like a financial institution, things like that. Um, that's almost like a gold ETF. I mean, you can own the gold exactly. or you can... Exactly. Right. Like, I have a gold ETF because it's not I, I would rather have physical gold but I'm not in a position where I feel comfortable at the moment owning a bunch of physical gold so I use a gold ETF right but I would recommend if you can own physical which basically gold. means that you're trusting that your fund exactly. actually owns right. the gold that you I literally own a gold trust right right I own a part of a gold trust right you know and that's all I'm trusting you're, that they have you're trusting that those guys actually have right. their backup. And, and Grayscale is transparent about the Bitcoin that they own. And the problem, too, is that a lot of times you're paying a premium with Grayscale. Mm -hmm. But and that's a different story. But um, that's another option. You can buy into uh, ETFs. Okay. And then um, the final option, which is this is not about security. It's more about diversification per se. But the final option is to... Like what we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, the DeFi savings accounts where you decide to transfer money to decentralized finance institutions that will generate... Well, that's not a savings. It's a lending pool. It's, it's a lending pool, but you can use it as... You are lending and you can be a borrower or a lender. If you are a lender, basically that means that you put your money into the pool and then you are having an interest based on... Or an interest accrued basically based on the amount that you lend on the pool. And that interest rates... Uh, various and all that stuff, but that's another way that you can say, okay, well, I'm going to put my money in another source that use decentralized financing. It's not secure or anything, so there's yeah, risks. There's more risks. There's more there's risk. Lending risk too. Right. Well, the, I I actually think the lending risk is probably less because of the collateral that they require from the borrowers. Yeah, but there's always lending risk. If you just keep your if you just keep your uh, money in cold storage, there's no lending risk. You're adding an extra layer of right, risk. Right, but that's also the, the risk is the reward. You also gain right, of course. Uh, anywhere, you know, like 6, 7, 8, 9% on your money. So, of course. Um, and, and, those, and then you can even do yield farms, which right. is a different thing. But anyways, yeah, there, I mean, this, that gets into DeFi, which is a whole other right. world. We could do a whole podcast just on DeFi. Well, we kind of did last week, but uh, right. we're a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, so, so let's recap quickly. I mean, I wanted to get into um, the using crypto as a daily instrument of, for transactions, but I think we're going to leave that for another, for another week, for another topic, uh, because that's a whole lengthy conversation. And this is more like, a, like there's crypto credit cards, there's crypto, a lot of things that you can do and start basically even strike that you mentioned a long time ago to transfer money between with an app, uh, Bitcoin. Or I Ethereum. downloaded it, by the way. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, I haven't My yet. username on Strike is dgil, D-G-I-L. So if anybody wants to send me <laughs> Bitcoin, free money, I'll take yeah. it. Anyways, I, I, I was planning on doing that. But um, so we'll get to that uh, in a different in a different uh, podcast because it's really lengthy. But I wanted to basically clarify the whole, the steps basically in for the average person to, to get into the crypto. So if you have... Uh, more than five grand, I would get a wallet, a hardware wallet. It's worth the right. You can, the, I mean, Ledger has the Ledger Lite is like sixty bucks. Sixty bucks. The Nano. Seventy bucks. Or Ledger is Nano S or something. And then yeah. they have the other one. So if you if you just have like Bitcoin and you just, it's worth it. Think of it as like your insurance policy. Right. You know, um, and then you know, it, listen. If anybody who owns a lot of cryptocurrency. 
already kind it's of more it's more about the, so this is more for new people if you right it's more like anything. the yeah exactly it's for people that are just getting started with this and they're like when you hear crypto blockchain all the stuff it's like wow i don't understand how that works but really i mean it, it's it, you think in terms of what you already know which is what your normal money your fiat money you say okay i want to have my own brokerage account or whatever or my 401k my 401k your employer takes money from your paycheck every every month or every couple of weeks and then they put it into your account sometimes they match it sometimes they don't whatever but they take money and they put it into your custodial account for 401k so what you're doing now is managing your own money and saying okay i'm gonna drop some money from my bank to my brokerage or my exchange which is the coinbase the binance the gemini whatever and then with that you can buy you know convert your your uh, fiat currency into any kind of token you want, whether it's Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever you like. And then once you exchange it, then we recommend that you move it from there because it's not going to be sitting there for anything. Move it to a wallet. And then you need to decide whether you want a hot wallet, which is hosted, or you want a hardware wallet, cold wallet, which is basically you transfer it and then you move it to your physical wallet, which you save. And then that you store and everything else. Um, so those are the basics. It's, it's pretty basic. And the devil is always in the details, but that's basically the, the process. And I think uh, diversification is always important with every investment. But in this case, we're talking security diversification. So it's like having many locks in the house and saying, okay, well, I'm going to have different options. So if, if I get broken into, they're not going to find everything in one shot. You know, So that's kind of like the, the theme. So any, um, any um, parting thoughts on this, uh, David? I think, I think the bottom line is that you need to do what makes you sleep well at night. Yeah, I mean, like is, you're asking me all these hypotheticals. And well, like, I know it's hypothetical. It's like you, people do what they want to do. Like some people, like I said, keep if a hundred grand in cash in the house. Other people say, no, I have all my money in a bank. You right. know, some people keep gold bars in the house. Some people keep a gun at their bedside. Yeah. I mean, different. You do what you want to do. Right. You know, like Just be I aware mean, of the different options, and then you decide whichever works. Some best people have an arsenal in their house. You yeah. Know? I know. I mean, and I, I know people that have a lot of cash in their I wallets. I basically, with my wallet, I don't even have like twenty bucks. I always use credit cards or Apple Pay or whatever. So I don't have any cash. Some people well travel with lots of cash and they pay everything like that. So, it, it, whatever makes you comfortable. Is what you need to do is like a stock investment and the moment you start wondering and losing sleep about a particular stock it's probably time to sell it because you already made all the money you had to make so um all right so we'll leave it there for now and then um we'll get into uh, practical uses of uh, cryptocurrency when we get to you know credit cards and strikes and um online payments and so forth i think it's another area that is growing pretty fast even DeFi as well but that's a whole different topic so we'll we'll discuss it maybe in a week or two um and that's it for now. So we'll add all the show notes to our podcast uh, information as always. And uh, you have any feedback, just let us know. If not, uh, just share it with uh, friends or anybody that might be interested in this topic. And um, we'll see you uh, next week. And have a great weekend. See you, everybody.